What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. Uh, this is episode number 267. My name is Steve. I'm one of three co-hosts of this podcast, and I'm joined by... Ronald. And John. There it is, man. It's like so smooth now, guys. You guys are like real fucking professional. Oh, yeah. And now that we're Zooming these things, we can really see how happy we all are when we pull it off. Like, oh, yeah. man, the timing was smile good. just Special. goes right across that gallery. Yeah, there was view. a rhythm to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of mentioned it briefly on the last week's episode at the end, but uh, another great experience that we've had, a good opportunity that we got was uh, to be able to work with Lionsgate to be able to talk about Antebellum this week. Um, this is the new thriller that they're releasing on uh, premium VOD. Uh, we in the industry call it PVOD. And by industry, I mean people who have a microphone and can record a podcast. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's I haven't a done it yet. Have you done it yet, Ronald? Have you called it PVOD yet? Like a I P-Vod? haven't. Uh, no, yeah. no. I I, 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 challenge that remark. I think you have said that on this podcast, Ronald. <laughs> and I will go back and find it and send it to you. <laughs> Better oh, yet, one God. of our seventeen listeners. We want you to go back and find it. <laughs> Look, I listen to too many podcasts, like industry people, and that's all they say. They say PVOD, over the top. Yeah. That's all I keep hearing is Peabody over the top, especially in these days. So I'm sorry. So over the um, top, what does that mean? It's it's not just an arm wrestling means, movie starring Sylvester Stallone anymore. That 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 means no. That is although I do enjoy that film. Um <laughs> as I turn my hat backwards and wrap my finger for that over What was the big hit song or the attempted hit from didn't oh that have like God. a big There is, yeah. I don't I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll find but out. But now I'll I love it. Out. I know yeah. I love it, but I don't remember it. But over-the-top services are just like when they're bypassing a cable distributor. So like, uh, you know, um, like FX has, you know, their own streaming service. You can pay for a streaming directly through them. Or HBO has HBO Max over-the-top. So you don't have to subscribe to HBO through Comcast or Verizon. So you're basically bypassing the middleman and buying it directly from the provider. So that's today's lesson, boys and girls. Maybe I did say PVOD. <laughs> right, Steve, are you prepared to guess? This is a the the, the big song from uh, from Over the Top is is I would say by a uh, like an '80s soundtrack mainstay. If this a main you, Survivor, you, you could almost well that's a good guess. Um, and I'll go ahead and I'll throw out uh, here's a hint. It's not Frank Stallone. You you know you can count on Frank Stallone to do a song for a, a Sylvester Stallone film. Is it John something? It's not John, but I would say this guy. I can think of two other big '80s movies that have prominent songs by this guy. And now I'm thinking about it. I think there might be three other uh, prominent. Uh, uh, meet 80s. me halfway. Meet me halfway by Mr. Across Kenny Loggins. The sky. Oh man, it just I'm, popped in my head when you said that. I thought Kenny Loggins was the next name, and then the song just just it just came out of me, John. So am I wrong? He had Caddyshack. He had something for Top Gun, right? He had, yeah, he had It's All Right for Caddyshack. He had... Um, uh, Highway to the Danger Zone. Danger Zone and Playing with the Boys from Top Gun. And, and there's and another one. Footloose. Um, Footloose, right. And he's also yeah. got um, Holiday Road from National Lampoon's. That's Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Oh, Mac. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. But You're I would right. say Lindsey Buckingham was channeling his, his inner okay. Kenny Loggins okay. when he did that song. It does sound like Kenny Loggins. Wow. Yeah. But you're right. I, that, I do know that, though. L- Lindsey Buckingham. Wow. Anyway, so yes, that's our little Kenny Loggins wow, okay, uh, cool. diversion. Yeah, halfway across the sky. You knew when you're it. talking about Annabellum, you're going to get into a Kenny Loggins. Yeah, I mean, you got to just cover that subject up front. Natural. <laughs> uh, if there was going to be a uh, theme song from this film, they probably would have called Kenny Loggins. I'm trying to probably picture not, but if if the ending credits had been accompanied by like a like a like a soulful '80s rock folk ballad like that, that would be uh, oh that would God. be very inappropriate. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, back to the intro. Basically, you know, this is another one of the big titles. Lionsgate, you know, had big plans for this uh, thriller. Um, I believe Jordan Peele is the producer on it. This is a movie that was supposed to come back, um, come out back in April, and then it got pushed to an August release, and then it got pushed to, you know, a digital PVOD release on. Um, on September, <laughs> I'm forgetting September 18th. Yeah, 
So I'm getting my dates mixed up here. Uh, so yeah, thankfully, you know, we're trying to do this more with the podcast and, uh, they were very re- receptive to, um, to us being able to see the movie and talk about it on our podcast. So we thank them for that. So we're going to do this special episode. Um, you know, it, it'll be a little shorter of an episode, but we're going to spend, uh, the better part of it talking about antebellum and what we thought of the movie. It's, 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 uh, kind of, uh, what do you call it? It's kind of experience being another title, just kind of becoming something that you can watch at home. And, uh, whether I guess in general, we kind of feel like it's a title that's maybe worth that 20 or $30 premium rental. Um, I'm not sure if this one's, I think this is going to be 20, but, um, I don't know. So where do we want to start with talking about this guys? Maybe we should talk about maybe the, the subject matter, maybe, uh, I get, I think cause it's such a really tense sort of thing that feels very timely. Um, and that's maybe one of the things that struck me as a very interesting part about everything surrounding this movie is the timeliness of this film. Um, it feels like, in general, the, the subject of slavery is a very um, overdone and sometimes uh, over-emphasized part about the black experience in America. Um, however, uh, this feels like a take that feels very different from other things that we've seen in the past and uses a device to make a statement about the current state of things. Uh, there are parallels that are kind of made between slavery and now. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that kind of separates it from the bunch and is, is that sort of key element, uh, which is important to mention. Um, and it may be one of the things that may be hard to sift through because of the subject because the subject matter is so heavy. Um, it's hard to kind of separate, you know, the tense feelings that the, the you know slavery brings. Um, but I think there is an attempt to make a parallel between, you know, now and then, and that not much has changed. So I'll, I'll say that that's the first thing that comes to my mind when when I'm thinking about this film. So what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, what you said is obviously accurate. Um, the, the movie kind of opens on a Faulkner. I was trying to make sure I had the quote right. The, the William Faulkner line, the past is never dead. It's not even past. And they mentioned it a couple times in the movie. But, um, I think that's kind of like the, the, the idea, um, behind trying to create a, like a, th- I wouldn't say a horror thriller. I think that, you know, some of the trailers we talked about before recording kind of made it seem a little more like that. And I don't know that that necessarily hurts the movie anyway, but I think the idea of making a thriller around the idea of kind of just like showcasing ways in which um, the some of the experience and the emotion and, you know, uh, that have, has carried on through decades and generations from slavery, um, kind of in some ways how it's still present in today's world um, in some and then the movie does a really interesting job of showing this in very explicit ways and some that are a little more subtle, but no less uh, hurt, hurtful and just dis- disgusting in, in certain situations. But um, I think it's interesting the, the way the movie kind of tries to play with that idea of that, that quote that opens the movie. And um, in some ways it, finds it in you know success in ways and, and failures and others in my opinion but um an interesting idea and you know we'll get a little more into that as we get into the podcast and try to do our best to st- stray away from any kind of spoilers um like we usually try to do maybe we'll keep them for the the uh the st- end of the podcast for the the, st- the stinger portion um but people listen to the end and yeah. find out is there a stinger or not whether yeah. they're gonna find out yeah <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. In general, like I think, I think my first you know, impression watching the movie, I think uh, you know, I kind of felt like it was a little bit different than I had expected from the trailer and from you know reading a little bit about the movie and its production uh, prior to watching it, but not in necessarily a bad way um, in terms of the 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 my overall reaction to it. But um, in most cases, I kind of felt like the idea that this movie is putting forward is not something that's new, but it's kind of approached in a unique way and 
definitely um, uh, an angle. I don't know. I, I guess I'll say it. the angle of the movie is is kind of unique and uh, a little different. <laughs> yeah. You were saying about this the, the movie having some successes in some areas where it kind of fell short, Steve. And I do think that. Ronald, you you mentioned up front what has been our ongoing conversation of this whole this whole subgenre of films about slavery, which you could call like a necessary uh, experience of processing this this like America's shame, America's grief, you know, especially for white audience goers. I think the need to confront the realities of, of our history, the same way that you might say sometimes when there's one of these awful police videos, the the shootings that gets played on the news over and over again, you know, there are people who say, I just don't watch that. And then there's people who say, well, you, you need to see it because to yeah. see it is to understand it. And I'm sort of, of, I'm on the fence in both cases. I think sometimes, I remember with George Floyd, after I'd seen that video a couple of times, I was like, I, you know, I get it. And it's like, I'm not saying that in a callous way. I'm saying the human suffering is too much for me to sit here and watch it like it's not something sort of profane that I shouldn't be watching, you know? And I'm not saying that movies that are made uh, on purpose are in the same category as that, but I feel the same way about some of these depictions. And I think this movie begins with one of the most horrific scenes in the whole movie, as far as a depiction of an attempted escape and what happens to the people involved in it. Um, and I didn't feel that, I don't know, I don't know that I ever felt like the movie quite presented me with enough that was new to justify dragging me through this suffering again. And I think yeah. that it was, it was uh, an odd thing for the filmmakers. There's a little clip of them talking about it before the movie. Uh, it's the co-writers and co-directors, Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz. And, um, they basically are talking about how, you know, they, they, they seem to know maybe that some of these portrayals are going to be offensive to people or yeah. triggering to people. Yeah. And so they, they say, and I don't know if this is going out before mm -hmm. the movie in all of its presentations, or if this is just something that went out in the, the kind of press clip that we were, you know, as a, as a clip for the press to sort of put that conversation into the minds of people who might be reviewing this movie about are these depictions damaging to see or not. And they say in the introduction that we know this movie might be triggering, but but we want you to know that we we think it's important to to the way people speak of those police shooting videos, frankly. We, it's important to see it. You need to understand it, you know? Right. And I don't know, I remember when they said that and I was like, yeah, that's the conventional wisdom here is that we all benefit somehow from seeing this stuff. And I'm not ever going to say cinema should be, there are no rules, but I, I don't know that I agree with that premise that, that you just flat out need to see it or need to see it to process it. We might have already seen it enough. And, um, there's some cool like touches as far as the way the story moves between what might be seen as different worlds. Uh, there's, there's a character who, um, we track through a couple of different scenarios. And I think Janelle Monet is more convincing in one world than the other. I, uh, I think that, um, I don't know, certain aspects of the movie really worked and certain did not. And, um, I came away from it feeling like, Oh, this feels a little bit, I hate to say exploitative. Um, because you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like impugn the intentions behind the movie, but some of the violence and the, and the suffering depicted felt a little bit like, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like, like I think I just already said this point and I'm just belaboring it that I seemed like the movie never quite presented me enough to say, okay, I'm, I think it was worth it to, to relive some of these, some of these horrific ideas and, and horrific images. It's, 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 a, it's a rough, man. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I am African-American. I am very much triggered by the subject matter. Um, and it, it being used in the device that it has been used in, I, I definitely understand, um, what you're saying. And there is something about the subject matter that feels like a labor of you know like as you watch i mean it is hard watching enslaved people being raped and hurt and uh burned or, or, or gunned down or as gunned they down run away and i mean all that shit it's just yeah um mm. but i think sometimes um i guess this is something i've been thinking about um sometimes there's been in, in when in the subject of slavery and everything surrounding it Whenever it comes up, uh, there is kind of a, well, it was back then sort of thing. And I think 
I have two uh, sort of ideas about that. Um, one of them is absolutely it is it was a horrifying, terrible thing that we should maybe pump the brakes on when we talk about. And then sometimes when I'm I'm looking at the TV and I see that 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 people are still kind of being very cavalier about the way that people are treated. Maybe you should be watching slavery every day. These people that are doing and saying these things, <laughs> right. maybe you right, should right. be watching this thing. Maybe you should know that, you know, there's, there is uh, a narrative that happens. Okay. So uh, one of the things that's super interesting is language. Um, and we talk about uh, my, my fiance and I talk about it a lot. Uh, some of it is, um, a conversation about the way that language is put upon people to kind of be presentable in the world. But what a lot of people don't know is that, um, A, it doesn't define anything about you besides what you were taught to speak like. It doesn't mean that you're smarter. It doesn't mean that you're better. It's just the language that you were taught, right? And then sometimes, based on where you are on earth economically, it can determine the way that you speak for the rest of your life and has some some say in your progression in the world. Right. And some of that is based on um, slavery. Some of it is based on the measures of these things are based on the dominant culture determining these things. So like, you know, it's it's slavery affects everything and it's always a thing. And but how often do you want to see it on screen is the question. The, the, and the answer might be probably not very often, if not at all. Um, but if you were to do it, um, I wanted to teach me a lesson at the same time. I draw some parallels and have a lesson. Yeah, have a, have a point of view. Have a point of view. There's just something about that subject matter that is so heavy. It's like a film set in the Holocaust or something. It's just you can't get around the moral horror of it. That's not to say you should never make a movie about it. It's just that it's a little bit hard to get invested in, in the other kind of little genre things that this movie is doing that I do think it did pretty well. We, we've been kind of pussyfooting around the horror aspect, but some of the kind of creepy stuff I thought was pretty well done. Like when it starts to, again, I don't want to reveal too much, but there's a little girl that is, appears in an elevator. There's a, there's a, you know, creepy little moment there. There's, there's moments where I was like, oh, I can see how like traditional horror and the horror of slavery can sort of overlap a little bit. And it didn't feel it didn't feel exploitative and wrong to do that. You know what I mean? Right. But then I feel like when the movie delves deeper into the depictions of slavery, it just feels like, okay, now this is another misery porn uh, slavery movie. And then the other stuff started to feel like, what, what is it doing? I don't know. I, it, it honestly feels like a, I, I keep coming around to my difficulty maybe with figuring out what the tone of this thing was. Because, uh, you know, just like with Django Unchained, the question would be, are we are we supposed to find like genre thrills inside this situation? Like, is slavery a situation that can be used as fodder for for this kind of movie? And we're kind of, you know, we're, we're avoiding talking about the plot in a way because there it would be very easy just to ruin this movie for people if you talk too much about the plot. Um, but the plot does sort of place it in a kind of genre that... Um, I don't know. It's just an odd thing. Honestly, I, I, I keep wrestling with it. It's just it's odd for me personally to overlay a kind of fun, twisty psychological thriller and a slavery movie. You know, <laughs> yeah, those two yeah, things, yeah. Ha they have they they would, quote unquote, appeal to different parts of my of my uh, movie loving mind. Um, and yeah, so it's a queasy mix. And again, the movie, it, it does a few things right, because there's there's some genuinely unsettling moments in this thing. Um but uh, yowza, man. I mean, yeah. there's a couple of scenes that just thinking about it makes me feel like while I was watching it, I was just like, ah, this is going on. And I know that's the point. We should suffer. I think some of what the movie does best, and I agree with everything you just said, John. Like, it is kind of like a weird, I felt myself for the first, if I'm being honest, for like maybe like the two thirds of the movie, kind of feeling like not sure like where my entry point was into like wanting to say I enjoy or, you know, am entertained by this at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like a weird watch a little bit, but I will say that like, you know, again, without trying to give away any spoilers, I think some of the stuff the movie does best. I mean, I, you know, I think we're all fans of Janelle Monae, Janelle Monae and I think she's really good in the movie in, in, in general. Um, 
but I think when it gets to the point of the film that you kind of start to better understand what the film is about um, and you start to kind of see some of that connective tissue from what you were just describing, like the angle that they approach it at the, the, you know, basically there's this, there's a scale of, you know, what racism looked like then and looks like now and, Mm -hmm. you know, past, present, future that those not, that are they're they're not really and they're not necessarily entirely different in ways you know what i mean things things have changed and things um may look different but you know in a certain scenario um things could be just as bad if not worse and i think it does an interesting thing with that like when you really kind of feel the movie show its cards and i think those transitions in the movie again i'm not going to say what happens but those transitions from our different set pieces, um, I think, are the best parts of the movie. Um, yes, that that stuff works really well, and I think the second the second time that we experience that shift is the part where like it clicked for me, and I felt like I was really into the movie at that point. I w- I was very interested in seeing what happened. Um, to see how the characters deal with their realization of what's happening or, you know, where they are in their realization or not, not even acceptance, but their plan in terms of what's happening. But um, it, it did feel it did feel like a, a, an odd watch for about a good 45, 55 minutes of this movie. Um, there was something else I was... The I, coolest you, you part of those transitions, Steve, I just want to interject. Yeah. The coolest part of those transitions was that there were a couple of moments they used really well to keep you guessing, yeah. where you thought maybe... And again, w- maybe when we get to our little spoiler section, we'd be able yeah. to say this without being yeah. so coded. Yeah. But like, when those transitions from one one part of the story to another, there there were there were a couple of moments where you were like, wait, what's going on right now? Where, you know, where, what's my yeah. orientation right now? I liked that. I thought that, and again, we're talking about genre stuff now. That's the stuff that we would dare to say was fun or cool. And those are just weird words to use about yeah. a movie that no, opens totally. with a scene of, of, you know, escaping slaves being murdered. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know... Um, I think that's kind of like the, the disorient, the feeling disoriented in those, in those transitions. And it's not giving anything away because in the trailer, you can see time periods being represented, different time periods being on the screen. Um, but kind of how you get from one to the other and how they handle that, I think is what I'm talking about or we're agreeing on. Right. And I think that's some of the best stuff in the movie is kind of showing that connective, uh, story, you know, and, and where our, our lead is in that story or, or all those stories. Um, but you mentioned earlier, there was a scene like, uh, with like the little girl and it's funny you mentioned it. Cause like, I feel like that's one of the things that like bothered me the most about the movie mm-hmm. was yes. I feel like that stuff is creepy, but when the movie reveals what it's about and like what it is, I felt like that scene really is like one of the yeah not plot holes or whatever. No, but no, you're one, right. You're right. You're one right. of the one of the really I would say the biggest weaknesses of the movie because then it made me feel like that scene is really just trying to be creepy, right? And it felt no, I can see what you're saying. Like the movie kind of ends up weird. making that scene nonsensical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the rest of it though is not, which I felt like oh wow, like this actually connects really well to what we're actually learning this movie is about. But that scene, um, yeah, I don't know. That 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 literally, that, that one scene, which is, a, you know, a big shot in the trailer. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the podcast, like, or before the podcast about the trailer and, like, kind of how a movie's cut to be sold. And, you know, I, I think we meant, I think we said that it was produced by Jordan. I think it's not actually produced by Jordan Peele. It's produced by the teams that produced Get Out and Us. Yes, right, But, I mean... Right. That that kind of like cut trailer. It's got like the the you know the song in it, the pop song or whatever. That's kind of creepy or spooky, but the trailer definitely um, you know kind of sells it as as a certain kind of movie. And that that character, that scene is prominent in the trailer. And I think I wouldn't be as critical of like a trailer maybe being a little different than the movie if that character that scene was not in the movie or you know at a part of it at all because the rest of it i think is really pretty tight you know like i think like the story is pretty tight um 
But yeah, I don't know. It's, I just wanted to say that because you mentioned that little girl. But well, I just mentioned that as like an effective moment is. of horror. To- totally is. Th- that and, is, and you're right. That is creepy and yes. and would lend you towards that how this movie could have easily been more of a straight horror kind of thing. You know? Totally. It yeah. makes me wonder about the Candyman re- reboot, which is going to be, you know, also dealing with a lot of these same themes. But we've already seen how those movies kind of mix the the historical horror with the more kind of slasher, pulpy stuff. And those movies, yeah. I mean, again, that's that's one of the things you think about when you're watching that movie is is that dichotomy between, you know, real world terror and and something made up, which Lovecraft Country is doing something yeah, similar. Yeah, I was going to say like, the same thing, yeah. I mean, it's like there's room in genre for real world stuff to creep in and to, to make or to, to talk about real world stuff through genre, however you want to look at it. So. Yeah. One of the things that was... Uh interesting to me is maybe uh who was chosen to be in the circumstances and mm-hmm. i it made me wonder based on janelle monet's involvement if some of the other characters around her also were of the same sort of i don't know if, if that was sending a message about people that speak out about things and where they wind up uh that that, that's an interesting thing that i didn't think about until um after i saw the movie and some of this feels like one of those movies that regardless of how you feel about it when you see it it'll keep giving you things after you watch it and it's done i mean i've thought about like six or seven things related to that after i've watched the movie and maybe it's supposed to sit in your head like that a little bit. Maybe, maybe you won't think about it every second of the day, but you know, maybe you will draw some parallels between, uh, you know, slavery and how things are now, and you know how cruel the world can be currently, and how we try to act. You know, like much has changed, and and really, depending on who you talk to. Um, not much has changed. Uh, yeah, but was the vehicle that this thing was carrying the message on, was it powerful enough or was it coherent enough for it to carry it in a way that you felt like conveyed that? I guess that's the question. Did it, do you think it conveyed that message or whatever the message is supposed to be? I like your take on it, Ronald. You actually answered what I would consider to not so much be a plot hole, but what I would have called a problem. And I was prepared to maybe say it's the script or maybe it was even a little bit of the performance. But when we see Janelle Monet's character amongst her, you know, just with her daughter and amongst her friends and things like that in the movie, I found those scenes like incredibly stilted and difficult to buy. And I did not like the way Janelle Monet's character was sort of a mouthpiece for the themes of the movie. Like it felt really clumsy to me and kind of one-to-one and I felt like she was doing what she could to make that dialogue work but it felt kind of it just like I said it felt stilted but when you just said right now about people being chosen for what happens in this movie that if maybe people are outspoken I mean I know she was a writer and that was part of her character but it did it just felt like uh, I'm already kind of thinking about this stuff and here's a character that's just putting in exact words like what the movie's about I that felt that felt kind of corny to me but if she's if that's like part and parcel of why she's inducted into this is because she's the sort of person who's outspoken. Uh, part of me thinks that you've, you've sort of papered over a problem a little bit by saying, okay, yeah, she is outspoken and that's why this is happening. Um, I don't know that, that actually, I wish the movie had pushed that point a little bit further because to me, it seemed like it was just, it was like a, you know, first draft stuff that someone needed to smooth out where, okay, here we have a character who's just saying, you know, here's the problem with racism in the world today, you know, and then the movie's illustrating what they're saying. You know, the lady, you know, the lady that she winds up meeting when she's first there, um, that, you know, everything kind of goes, gets chaotic. I, she had a very interesting attitude towards the whole thing that made me think that these were people that were specifically chosen because of who they were I, I maybe because i know a lot of people i know a lot of people like that maybe that are just like i'm in a place i'm in a place that i'm uncomfortable this is not it this is you know very much like if if there were to be a time to be you know to to gravitate towards rebellion of any sort it would be now 
in a time where people are trying to revert back to you know old olden times it feels like um a lot of my friends are saying no Mm -hmm. and and when she (laughs) met that girl it felt like she had that kind of spirit like she had and and i was like maybe these all are people like that yeah i I think that's an interesting point i think there is a part of the film though where that is they they i think they explicitly explain that Mm, really Uh, yeah there's there's a scene between two characters where she explains that she is uh the she's an exception in terms of Um, how people were selected Okay. Yeah, I think I can yeah. remember that moment. Oh, yeah. Steve. It's funny. It's funny how yeah. now uh, you make vague me run or it. Yeah. Right. Or you can just stick around for the stinger and <laughs> yeah, we'll just sting you. We'll sting you real good. In yeah. The end. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess overall, I mean, I, I, I didn't. I can't say that I, I that I really you know enjoyed the movie. I, I do think as a genre film, if if I'm trying to watch it as a thriller, I do think that it took a, a while for me to really kind of get into this film. And but you know that said, when when it does make that that second transition, I definitely was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like this is, uh, I, I kind of see what's happening. And, um, that was a little more interesting to me. Uh, I, I that's totally when it started agree. to feel like a twilight zone episode. I feel like yes. we say that every yes. week now, Yes, but like, that's when it started totally. to feel like here is the bent. Here's the explanation behind the bent reality. Yep. And here's totally. the person who's gonna, who's gonna break that yes. world, you know? Yeah. And that is exactly where like, I felt like, okay, I, I want to see the end. I want to see what happens right now. Yeah, yeah. me too. And, Everything prior to that, and even talking to Ronald a little bit about it the other day, like, you know, I kind of felt like we were on the same page about it. Like, even before that, every, every, most of it before that, like, I just kind of was like having trouble finding, uh, like, the point of entry to this story. Like, I, I wasn't really, uh, you know, finding much with this for this movie. But you, I do agree with what you said also, John, about like a lot of the the stuff with her her family and like her friends at that conference and stuff like that. Like, I felt a lot, some of that to be, um, yeah, just some of the kind of heavy handed. We, we, yeah, weakest part of the actual story because of how heavy handed some of it felt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. With the that. middle, I, I can honestly say that the middle of the movie was the muddiest part to me. And I, and I did, yeah. you know, I did, yes. but I mean, there's this thing that, that's been happening a lot lately where we've been <laughs> talking about these movies that kind of have these, like, weird plot flaws and things like that but in the end um despite that i still feel like the message came across as yeah. as well as it could have i don't know if this is supposed to be a movie that you're supposed to watch three four times i don't know if i don't know if anybody right. could sit right. through i mean django is like right on the edge of me not being able to watch it ever again right no it that's why i brought it up enough. because it fits in that category of like the imagery is just too unsettling yeah. and if you think about what they're doing with the imagery or what Tarantino is, what his motivations are, it makes you feel kind of funny. And at least with this movie, you know, the motivations, it feels like, oh, no, the, in, in the end, of, it, this movie's not trying to be fun. No, right, right. And again, we get to that climax and there are some kind of pulse pounding, some kind of badass moments in this that are well earned. And I think yeah. Janelle Monet, you can see what appealed to her about this, the kind of revenge portion of the story, I guess we'll yeah. say. Yeah. There's some cool stuff for her character. But by that point, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's, it's that middle section where it's just by that time, I'm just so I'm just so worn out from the unpleasantness. Yeah. yeah. At the end, I'll say the, the third act, uh, my fiance was pretty much almost jumping on the couch. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, you know, she's like I, it, it was very interesting to watch her react to you know how how tense it got you know there's a couple of moments when i'm thinking about a couple of moments of violence that occur there's some yeah there's some insane shit that happens yeah, in this movie. yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the performances i guess i i want to i mentioned him last time eric lang the, the character actor who's been popping up all over the place and who's in Perry Mason now, but he's yeah. been on Narcos and yeah. Lost. He had a super prominent role in this. It took me a minute to recognize him, but I thought he was, I mean, for what it's worth, I thought that was a pretty chilling performance and Absolutely. and really put a, a kind of, the, what I like about his character acting is this kind of laconic uh, quality that he's like a smart guy and he hangs back. And this guy was not someone you could admire at all, but he brought some of that same kind of quiet center to the this uh you know terrible character um i thought he was good i also thought that jack houston and jenna malone are are doing a a pretty darn good job of what they're there to do um 
And in fact, like his scene at the beginning where he comes out and he kind of puts the lay of the land and, and tells people the rules of this plantation, you know, that scene was like, had everything right and everything wrong about this this type of movie to me because it's like right. you are getting to see a character who's kind of engrossing. It's like Ray Fine being such an engrossing character as the Nazi uh, uh, in in Schindler's List. It's like I don't want to admire Jack Houston's performance because I don't want to be drawn in to this disgusting character that he's playing. And yet you are curious to know like what are the rules of this world and right, right and he's a character that can give it to you you know so i don't know yeah um you know he's listed in antebellum as him that's his name oh really <laughs> yes him <laughs> oh you're right it is him senator denton <laughs> him that's really interesting yeah so i mean can we say that a movie about slavery is man this is this is the rough part about it <laughs> it is good slavery is not good um if there were to be a version of something that is you know twilight zone sort of take on this sort of thing this is this is a this is a decent attempt at it this is a really decent attempt at it um like I said, I cannot ignore how muddy the middle of the movie got for me. Um, but overall, I, like I said, I think it served its purpose. I could. Sh this sounds weird, man, but this might be like a, a thing that you could show people that were old enough to process it. Something like you could you could show this to a group of people and be like, look. I know you. I know you try to act like we're so far removed from this, but let me show you this thing and and yeah. see how you feel about it after you watch this. I mean, if you feel the same, then so be it. But there is something. There's something to kind of take out of it that that I has kind of sat in my head, like I said, since I've seen it. Anybody else got anything non-spoilery to say? Should we wrap this up and then? No, nothing. Buzz, nothing buzz. else. Yeah, I think that's it for me. So, uh, what, what 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 are we saying for this? Is this what are we? Uh, uh, did we did we change it for the? I think we the, decided the that our that our that our uh, our rating system still worked. That holds, just now, holds, right? uh, that like wait for it now just means don't pay premium prices for it. It doesn't, you know, it means watch it, but just wait for it to be cheaper. So you wait for it to come to a streaming thing that is included right. with the subscription that you're already paying. All right, go ahead means <laughs> go ahead and pay any price. Wait right. for it means wait until you're not paying a premium price, and then uh, hold up means you know. Don't just don't. There's too much to watch. There's too much what, good what, shit to what, watch. What are we calling this one? What are we, what are we, where are we falling? <sighs> I mean, I guess for me it would be a it would be a wait for it. Only in the sense that I'm not I'm not saying don't see this, but I, again, I think there's yeah. a person who's going to see this no matter what because of the subject matter, and they're going to be interested in it. But for me, uh, you know, as a person who sees a lot of movies, this one had enough to say. I'm not running around recommending this like crazy to people. But I'm I'm glad we got a chance to see it, and it's really awesome that Lionsgate gave us a chance to get in on the action. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I second the the wait for it. What about you, Ryan? What are you thinking? Um, uh, I mean, I guess I go ahead just because I'm I'm a big fan of the the idea of it and how. How can I also want somebody to see another slave movie? But I, I will say, <laughs> right? Yeah, go ahead because, um, I do think that Janelle Monae is doing something pretty, pretty impressive in this. Like she's finding some, some honesty in in this, and I, 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 I she just is this budding actress that I, that I, I kind of love seeing on screen i mean and i may be a little biased i love her music but i think that she's a no, solid she's awesome. actress she's a solid actress man and i think that um what she brings to the table is is something worth seeing so particularly in the last act and yeah. i think particularly in general in the plantation scenes in the movie she's she's terrific but she's she, there's so much like force to her performance in that last act that uh yeah if you're a fan of hers this that that would be a that would be a go ahead uh I guess a reason to put it in the go ahead column. I'd say go ahead.
Were you about to say something, John? No, I was just I heard, trying. I, heard I was breath. thinking about okay. we're not anti antebellum or something. I don't know. I was. I was uh, trying to <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, you got you got two way forwards and a ahead. So I mean, that that falls on the positive yeah. end of the spectrum. Yeah, so, I, I definitely uh, say September eighteenth so. when this comes out. You know, if you if you have a Friday night, Saturday night, you want to check something out. It's probably the big title that weekend. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something worth checking out if you want to. Um, if, especially if you're a Jan- Janelle Monae fan, like Ronald said for sure. Uh, but yeah, so that'll come out on all the uh, platforms on the 18th. So Apple, Google, Fandango now, whatever you, uh, you know, however you'd like to get your uh, video on demand rentals, it'll be there on the 18th if you want to check that out. And uh, again, that's courtesy of Lionsgate. So um, did you guys have anything else you want to say before maybe we do a little spoilery talk to throw into the credits? That's it. No. That's no? It. Okay. So we'll, we'll check in the week that it comes out or the week then after it comes out. If anybody checks it out, you know, on the 18th, let us know what you thought of Antebellum. Um, you know, we, we, like I said, a little ahead of the curb, you know, they have an embargo on the re- reviews for this. So we're trying to release this, you know, uh, the week, pretty much the week that the embargo is up. A lot of reviews are going to be coming out for it. So... Take it as you will. Check it out. Let us know what you think of it when it comes out, and we'll, we'll check back in um, if we see any kind of overall reviews for the movie and see how it does with the uh, with the video on demand release. But other than that, we will be back for another episode next week. Um, another great opportunity for this yes. podcast. It's got a little bit of a streak going here, but um, we're really pumped to be able to be able to review uh, and screen the upcoming second season for Hulu's Pen15 original series, which I don't know that we've talked a lot about that show, but um, I'm a big fan of, and I I think you guys, if you've seen the first season, um, have you guys seen the first season of that movie or that series? Yeah. Yes. I I, I suppose I could have saved this for next week, but um, I realized watching this that I did not finish the first season. Um, I I liked, I watched like the first few episodes, I guess, and I really liked it. So, so yeah, it was something, I think we talked about it briefly when it came out. One or one or two of us said that we were into it. And yeah, it's, it's a very unique singular show and you've got plenty of time if you're out there listening to go catch up on season one. Um, which is what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish season one. But uh, what we saw of season two, well, we'll talk about that next week. But uh, it's a really, a really interesting show that there's really nothing else like it. Um, yeah, so we'll be talking about that next week. So like John just said, if you want to follow along, um, that, that series comes out uh, also, I believe, on the, the week of the 18th as well, or the weekend of the 18th as well. So there'll be a couple options for you to watch that weekend. But uh, on the... The episode that comes out on September 11th, we will be talking about season two of Pen15, or at least the first half of season two of Pen15. Um, but yeah, so take some time, ch- check it out if you want to kind of follow along a little bit with th- those characters. Um, other than that, we will check in with you next week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. so uh somebody just just uh if if, let's say a listener didn't watch the movie but they just jumped ahead to the spoiler section anyway they they just went ahead and dove in um let's talk them through what actually is the quote-unquote twist of this movie and i think i was avoiding saying the word twist throughout our other conversation because i didn't want i didn't know there was a twist i didn't know what was going to be the context (laughs) of this movie but it's kind of the same twist as as the village right the the m night Shyamalan film where there is this you know, there's this seemingly there's a period piece thing going on, and then we find out that it's actually nestled in the modern day, and that's what right. we find out in this. I mean, how did how did that sit with with you guys? And did you think that was uh, that that was pulled off well? I think the the little cell phone device was a really interesting way to get you to thinking about uh, that aspect. But uh, you know, it was kind of it's it's almost like an anti twist. It's almost like the simplest possible explanation for what could be going on because it's yeah. not. It's not supernatural. Um, So I, something I picked up on in the beginning of the movie is that everything was intentional. Like nothing was by mistake. One thing I did notice is in the slave scenes, they kept calling them Negroes. 
Yes. Negro is not a term that was used back then. So, like, I'm like, okay, so is this just poorly written or something about this is like, and I noticed they didn't use the N-word. That's another thing I noticed. Yeah. No, yeah. I thought maybe they were deliberately backing away from overusing that word, like that they were saying, well, let's just not do that, you know, that we're going to, but I didn't, right. but I didn't think about it as a plot point, but you're right. That was kind of a clue. Yeah. Um, so that, that stuff kind of hinted at it, but the cell phone was a, I, I thought that that was such a cool ass device to really kind of ground it. Even if you didn't know when stuff took place, cause you, that, that's, that's still up for debate. Like when, when things were taking place sort mm -hmm. of but when the cell phone happened that was like oh man like this is this is yeah. crazy well you don't know if there's some kind of parallel world or if there's right. some kind of time travel or if there's some kind of something going on or even just she's back in time but she's got her phone with her you just didn't know what the what the mechanics of that were but yeah. like when you look back that's like the the first real clue of of what the what the heck is going on? I think that actually is probably like the best part of the movie. I mean, the, the, we kind of talked about it earlier in the podcast, but like the transitions in and out of like, you know, the character going to sleep and waking up in yeah. different time periods. And like, you know, the second time that we experienced that, you kind of hear the phone ringing through it. Like that was, uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. I, I actually, you know, yeah, I, I couldn't, yeah, it's obvious. Like, it's kind of like a riff on the idea of what the village did. Um, yeah. Like, as the twist, I guess. But I, I thought that stuff actually worked. That was the best stuff I thought. That, that worked the best for me in the yeah. movie. Like, I thought that's the point where it kind of hooked me. And, like, I, you're... You're, you're kind of realizing that the flashback is actually the present and the present is the flashback. Mm -hmm. Like, or what we thought was the present. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff I thought for whatever angle the movie has, like that stuff that that's a part of that. Just, just like, you know, as you start to see like little things like, Oh my God, like they're, they're breaking character, you know, in this reenactment <laughs> stuff, yes. you know, it's like, you know, you start to see the seams at that point. Once you start to get a, a, a clue as to what's going on and maybe that ramped up a little too quick. Once we knew what was happening as the audience. You're right. Um, but it didn't really, it didn't really ruin the, the, the angle for me. Like I thought that that still, it just escalated quick once you realize what's going on. Right. And you know, that would be my only criticism of the, of the way they manage or handle that twist. But it, yeah, I thought overall that actually worked for me. I mean, I thought that was probably the best stuff that it had, to, it had, you know, in terms of what it was saying with the story. Well, that's and, when you're uh, getting into that last stretch that yeah. we've all said was probably yeah. some of the best stuff in yep. the movie too. So yeah. Yep. I thought that I mean like I I hate to man, I thought that was some real cool symbolism in um Janelle Monet's character and uh kind of avoiding the floorboards, the loud floorboards. Yeah. Now that part like, was cool. That, essentially that was there's like this heavy duty sort of balancing act that we have to do as black people in the world to not shake things up too much, to not alert people, uh, not seem too like you're trying to be too crazy or too angry or trying to escape. Or you seem like this, this present time that we're living in is not, not something we want to be in. It's, it's something really heavy about that, that I, that I could relate to, man. I, I was like watching this whole thing that she was doing i'm like man I, I i know this isn't maybe it wasn't even meant to be symbolic but i something about that scene those scenes hit me that monotony of kind of and then you get better at it you get better you know you make less noise as you get used to the kind well, no, of I mean, you see her doing that and you know like my 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 movie going brain goes okay there's a reason behind this we're gonna if i don't fully understand why she's doing that there's a reason behind it she's, she's not just doing that but when that finally pays off it really was one of the cooler things to say like okay she's been kind of practicing for this moment where she's she's got a, a way to to play the situation and you know and i think i agree that that was a really cool and i i the symbol that you're talking about uh, of what that represents in terms of of everyday behavior is is a really cool idea but just from a cinematic device of seeing a character do something that you're not quite sure why they're doing it and then you see how it plays into their plan you know 
It reminds me of the kind of thing they do on Better Call Saul all the time, <laughs> where we don't know what the plan is until the end, you know, but we see them putting it in motion. And so it's like you see a character do something that's like, I kind of get it, but I don't think I get it. And then boom, when she finally, uh, yeah, when she's got to sneak past uh, that guy, um, it's it's like it's a payoff. And it really is. It really is a cool moment. You're right. So, I like yeah. that she burns all those fuckers to death. I thought that yeah. was, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was man, so, just watching were... watching them run into that 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 house. Yeah, I know. Oh and then she God. just comes around and shuts the her door and locks for that. It. Her yeah. play on that is just like, is could great. it be that That's simple? Great. Yes, she just got him. She just yeah. got him. Yes, it could. Yeah, yeah. Just, that was yeah, so was, good, man. And her talking about escaping, like you know, something bad would happen every time. Something bad would happen. She's just like, I'm just waiting. You know, until I have my time to, it's, it, it, that was so, man, I, the more I think about it, the, the more I, I know it's just weird, man. Like it, I, I liked the movie more than I thought, especially when we were talking about, you know, I thought we were going to come on here and, <laughs> you know, rain down on this thing in a way that <laughs> I felt a lot more like aggressive about it. And sure we could have, and I know we had problems with it. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's so many things about it that I liked, uh, in between the things that felt a little muddy that, you know, overall, it was all right. It was all right. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Octavia Butler book, Kindred. No. In I keep some hearing ways, I this, need to this, listen to Octavia Butler. I need to I, read I, her she's books. She's incredible. She's such a great writer, but she wrote a sort of uh it's a it's more of a time travel story i guess but it's a woman a modern uh, woman who is black and goes back to uh antebellum times and like uh comes back and forth it doesn't have a lot of control over the time travel and why it's happening and every time like the the mechanics of the time travel and the mechanics of what's happening like what's happening in the present when she's in the past um it's it's really interesting and from from a genre standpoint uh, Octavia Butler is a great writer so she definitely had like uh, she knew what she was doing with putting together a sci-fi story but this movie in some ways felt to me like a kind of simplified or dumbed down version of what that book did because in that book there she has a white husband and there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens with regards to being back in that time versus being, you know, being black versus being white, what that does to their relationship, but just the rules of like the toll it takes on her physically and mentally to not know when she's going to snap back and not know when, how long she's going to be there. Uh, it's really an interesting story. So, I mean, part of me says, I hate that this may, this may be similar enough to Kindred that no one is going to go and make a movie of Kindred now, but Kindred really uh, is, is a great read. Um, uh, so I recommend it to you or to anyone. And it deals with a lot of these, these same themes of kind of like somebody who thinks they understand uh, the history, finally experiencing like what it really would be like and how that, then when they come back to the present, they see more of that in the world. Yeah. You know, they recognize it more. Um, it's great. Great book. It looks like that's a... Uh... That's a stinger. Yeah, we need to say stinger. something. Yeah, wait, that's the buzz. Buzz. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. You've been, you've been stung, bitch. You've been... <laughs> buzz, buzz, bitch. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> buzz, buzz.